Hey gang, it's Jesse. We're getting close to the end of the year, a time to think about what we're thankful for, a time to share joy and give back. Let's be honest, 2020 has been a challenging year for all of us. Public radio stations are no exception. During this time, please consider supporting your local public radio station. Every day they bring you the news you need to know, election coverage, the pandemic, everything else. They also bring you shows like Bullseye. We're incredibly grateful for that. Show your gratitude and support your local member station now. Go to donate.npr.org slash bullseye and give whatever you can. And thanks. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's time once again for Cannonball. Cannonball is a chance for us to take classic albums, or albums that should be considered classics, and find out what makes them so great. This week, we're joined by the pop culture critic and writer, Margaret Wappler. I'm Margaret Wappler, and I'm going to be talking about Bjork's Post. There's kind of a narrative out there about Bjork, and it started way back at the beginning of her solo career, 1993. I wanted to talk about Bjork in this album in particular because I feel like this is when she really cemented this kind of range that she would continue to play with throughout her career. On one side, there's the Bjork that often gets called like a pixie or a sprite or something light and airy, a wood nymph. I mean, I was reading reviews of Post um, from Rolling Stone and LA Times and other uh, venues at the time, and almost every single journalist calls her a pixie or a sprite at some point. Those are words that can feel a little condescending or diminutive. Margaret has another word she uses. It's true that she does have this kind of persona of being this light little gremlin. But then, you know, I use the word gremlin because gremlins are also a type of monster. They're also this kind of menace. They're mischievous. They break things. And all of those elements of Bjork's persona, I think, are also really on display in post. That for every moment that she's sort of this charming little kitten purring in your ear, she's also going to shriek and be shrill and almost break your eardrums at times. Bjork's post came out in 1995, and it was the height of the grunge era. Uh, Most other popular records at the time were steeped in guitars, steeped in like a really masculine grunge fashion, Nirvana, Alice in Chains. These are the bands that were dominating the radio waves at the time. Bjork's Post was really much more in the electronic mode. Um, And of course, there were plenty of practitioners of that too at the time. But the difference in Bjork's Post was that it really was this like breakout work of feminine, emotional electronica. So many of the songs are fully in um, a kind of like crisis mode or um, pining for a lover. Um, You know, all these kind of different emotions that really created a landscape for the whole record. Let's hear a little bit of Army of Me, the first track on the album.
This song has a bass line that producer Graham Massey came up with. And York wrote the lyrics of this song thinking about her little brother, actually. Um, at the time, he was going through some sort of like crazy hedonistic period. And this is her basically as a big sister saying, hey, listen, get your act together. Of course, it can function as so many different things, though. You listen to it, and it's pretty much just an anthem for all of us to like get our act together, to be independent, to be fierce, to just do whatever we want to do. Don't complain. Get your stuff together. And if you complain One of the things, too, I love so much about Post is that it really is this showcase purely for Bjork's vocals, for, like, the range of attack that she can give to any song. I mean, she can come in there and be really soft and seductive, or she can come in there and, like, throttle someone. This is Hyper Ballad, the second song from Bjork's Post. On a mountain Right at the top This beautiful view From the top of the mountain Part of the reason I wanted to talk about Hyper Ballad is because it's such a great follow-up song to Army of Me. It really shows right here, just from first to second song, the kind of transitions that you're going to be trafficking in with this album. The first song was ready to grab you by the collar and say, don't mess with me. This song goes into a completely different place. It's like much more dreamy. It's much more spaced out. It's literally based on a dream that she had. and. You know, it's her having these dark fantasies about, like, what would happen if she threw her body into the ocean. Um, so it just has a different kind of complexity to it. And I also just think it's really beautiful. It's just a very gorgeous, sumptuous, like the sun's just shining on this cold ocean kind of song. This is It's Oh So Quiet. It's oh so quiet. Shh, shh. It's oh so still. Yeah, you don't see this one coming, do you? It's oh so quiet. Uh, this is a cover of a song by Betty Hutton, who also takes the whole screaming, speaking, whispering mode. But Bjork builds on it wonderfully. She takes that whole convention of just spazzing out in certain moments when you're falling in love and just explodes it with this 20-piece orchestra. It's wonderful. It's like it's like this song from a long lost madcap musical from the 50s. She starts and 
This was the, actually the last song that she recorded for the album. And she purposely recorded this as as a kind of like, look, I want this album to be as schizophrenic as possible. I want it to shock you. I want every single song to have its own kind of shock. If Bjork's a pixie, she's not one you should leave alone with anything fragile, like your baby man heart. Don't do it. She will rip it to shreds. Let's listen to Possibly Maybe, which is the eighth song on post. This is one of my absolute favorites on the record. Part of it is because this first bit really reminds me of like a radio signal from a faraway planet. This is definitely so ethereal, so from outer space. Part of the reason I really love Possibly Maybe too, is because it really strikes a very subtle, sophisticated, emotional point. This is a hard mood to convey. Possibly Maybe, I mean, in its name itself, it's ambivalent. It's like, I'm not sure. And that that's a hard kind of emotion to capture in a song, but you feel it in this song, the kind of like seductive allure into a certain mood, but then somebody kind of holding off right at the edge, like they can't get all the way into it. As much as I definitely enjoy solitudes, I wouldn't mind perhaps spending little time with you. Sometimes, sometimes, possibly maybe. When you compare the kind of understated elegance that this song has with It's Oh So Quiet, like that's the mercurial thrash of this record right there. Like, how can the same person that screamed in your ear about falling in love be this person who's just going to sort of, like, chill and whisper? Bjork has this great quote uh, about people saying that electronic music is cold or unemotional. And she says, you know, if that's the case in a song, that's on the musician, not on the machines. And she's a great example of a person who's found a way to um, completely pour in the emotional into machines. Your eruptions and disasters, I keep calm. Admiring your lover, I keep calm. I definitely feel like Post is one of the best albums she ever made. 
um, in part because it was this brave, out there, um, really bold statement that, hey, I can do anything. I can really try out just about any style and still sound like me because I always ground it in this essential Bjorkism and this essential language that she used that had to do with electronica, but she was able to uh, roam in that territory so much more than most people could. Even in a pop context, even when you're still writing what is essentially a pop song that you want as many listeners to gravitate to as possible, you can still do these really wild, crazy, experimental things. Margaret Wappler on the album she would add to the pop culture canon, Post, the 1995 record by Bjork. You can find an essay Margaret wrote about Bjork in the anthology, Here She Comes Now. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created in the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, where across the street from me, they have just started pile driving. They're building two houses and a pile driver is involved. It may make some guest appearances on this show. Our program produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio and Jordan Cowling are our associate producers. We get help from Casey O'Brien and Kristen Bennett. Special thanks to Max Fun producer Christian Duenas, who produced that segment on Bjork. If you've never listened to the Max Fun show Heat Rocks, which Christian uh, produces, that is one of our best programs. It is a show that is about one album every week. Uh, with lots of music and insight from great music artists and uh, great music writers and thinkers. It's all about, I guess you could broadly call it urban music, uh, soul, hip-hop, jazz, dance. Um, Man, it is a really great show. Heat Rocks. Find it in your podcast app. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Thanks very much to them and to their label, Memphis Industries. If you want to hear the latest about what we're up to, you can keep up with our show on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post all our interviews there. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.